0: Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Players Experience Podcast. On this week's episode and on session number three of the Sport Speakers Industry Series, we welcome in Steph Carada, a Communications and Marketing Coordinator with the Greater Toronto Hockey League and formerly of the Guelph Storm of the OHL. Steph talks about her experiences with Guelph, breaking into the sports industry in a non-traditional way, uh, and how she got into it, and her transition from OHL to the GTHL, and her advice for the next generation of sport industry professionals. Before we bring Steph onto the show, we of course, we'd like to give a shout out to Jay Sulty Photography and Vicmar Productions for the work that they do each and every week with the episodes and the logos, as well as to 19 Marketing for our merch that is available for sale as well. On top of that, guys, we have discount codes with Jaywalk, Hush Blankets, and the Great North Apparel. So make sure to use player's experience to check out uh, and get some discount codes off of those great brands as well. Make sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done already to make sure that you don't miss out on any new and exciting episodes each and every week. As we wrap up the Sport Industry Speaker Series next week with another tremendous I guess. In the meantime, let's get Steph onto the show and start talking about her career with the Guelph Storm and how she got started. Hey Steph, how's it going today?
1: Good, how are you?
0: Good, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. Uh, how have things been in this uh, new normal lifestyle?
1: Well, thanks so much first for having me on, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, things have been have been good, can't really complain, right? I always say uh, think people have it far worse off, so just focusing on the positives where I can.
0: Yeah, exactly, and with the number of vaccines that are starting to pop out now, hopefully we'll be back to the normal lifestyle of watching uh watching sporting events and being able to support those that are less fortunate uh more so like we were before and and kind of returning to to the pre-covid lifestyle
1: no for sure i think we're in the home stretch so fingers crossed
0: (laughs) definitely um well like i like to do at the start of every interview i do um and to everyone watching thank you for tuning in to uh, episode three of the sports or speaker sports speaker industry segment this month um I like to start off every episode with a rapid fire segment so i'm gonna shoot off four questions to you and just uh, let me know what the first thing that is that comes to mind rather. Okay. Uh, so favorite time of day.
1: uh the evening I think.
0: All right strangest thing in your fridge right now.
1: I think probably my dog's food maybe (laughs) (laughs) all
0: right uh a tv show that you're currently watching
1: um queen of the south my family is very uh we've binged it through covid so we're in the 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 last season
0: (laughs) okay okay i binge watched superstore all the way through that um, is next
1: on the list. It's on the yeah. list for sure.
0: It's a great, great comedy, especially if you know, or if yourself, or you know, anyone that works retail, it's, it's priceless. It's yeah. hilarious and you'll, you'll enjoy it. Uh, and what would be one sport that you would like to cover outside of hockey?
1: Um, I think that would have to be, um, racing. So F1 or, or IndyCar or something like that. Um, outside of being a hockey family, racing is, um, a big part of our family growing up um, and still is. Um, I just remember, for example, at the Canadian Grand Prix was always on my birthday weekend and my dad would always win tickets to it somehow and my brother and I would battle it out to who would get to go on race day and then who would then in turn be there for qualifying. So I just think back to those weekend like the race events and ra- the ra- racing is so much, such a fun sport to be around. so I think getting to actually cover it would be a really cool experience.
0: No, for sure. And being in the pit alone, uh, when I was a little bit younger, my high school teacher was a race car driver out in Durham, and uh, he would race at Mossport. And yeah. so every time he'd race, he would bring me back to like the pit room, we'd hang out. Uh, and he'd show me like the, all the like intertwinings of like getting the car ready and prepped and everything. So it was really kind of neat to see. And uh, yeah, that would definitely be a, a cool sport. It'd be loud as heck, but it'd be yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: yeah definitely a cool experience that's on the bucket list for sure
0: so talking about hockey and racing when does the passion for sports and sporting events become so big for you
1: um I I, I don't even think I can pinpoint a time I think it's just, I credit that to my family or a sports family um hockey is definitely first up there and um racing is kind of the summer was a summer um avenue that where we spent a lot of our time at the racetrack so um yeah just growing up and being around it and being on the tv and you know like hockey and even racing too in every other sport I had an older brother so watching him out there you know doing his practice runs at the at the track or even on the ice like I wanted to be part of it and I wanted to get out there so um definitely from my family just kind of born into it I guess
0: <laughs> that's great and No, I know the feeling like uh, for me, I grew up in Toronto and so kind of born into the the Toronto uh, feed, unfortunately, with the Leafs. But here we are with uh, with some positivity from some Toronto uh, sports organizations, for sure. Exactly. Um, Now, what was the first step for you talking kind of on the industry side of sports for you to break into the sport world and kind of get your foot through the door?
1: Uh, so I think my story is a little bit or my path is a little bit untraditional or non-traditional. Um, I was at in school at the University of Guelph um, and I was an English major. So way far off the path of, you know, like a sports business program or like a marketing program. Um, and I was in my I was at the I had just finished my second year and I just decided i had always wondered um, like what being a sports journalist would be like and and getting involved that way i was very i loved writing growing up and i loved sports and i always tried wanted to combine the two but i just always kept my doors open when i decided um my post-secondary route um and i honestly just emailed um the guelph storm um their director of media now um and it just started out with me meeting with her um i was brought on as like an extra pair of hands I, I wasn't even doing it for an internship or anything like that i just became a voluntary intern and, um, it kind of spiraled from there. Um, I just soaked up everything. Um, they, the entire staff there, um, accepted me in every way and just made me a part of everything. Um, it was definitely, I credit them for accepting me and getting me going in the industry. And then, um, timing is everything, right? So, um, the longer I was around them and the more I said, yes, I'll help, I'll help this, I'll help do this. And, and just kind of being a sponge. Um, it worked out where two of the ladies on staff were on mat leave at the same time. And it was also in the middle of a championship run. Um, so, um, one of my former coworkers kind of took me under his wing and let me do as much as I possibly could just, just due to the lack of uh, resources for the maternity leaves during a very stressful run. And, uh, following that I stayed on board and then another mat Leaf came along and then they made room for me so um yeah I would say it's definitely not a familiar story in the sports industry I would say
0: <laughs> oh and you know what that's cool though because everyone has like your traditional story so having a unique story like that is such a cool kind of perception and look on things saying that you don't just have to follow steps a through d to be able to get into the sports world it's it's all about making those connections. And and like you said, being a sponge and, and offering your help and uh, and guidance wherever you can, because as we both know, sports is such a small net world, that one person talks to another person. That's how uh, jobs get created and and references happen. Right. So. Exactly. Now you worked with the Gulf storm from obviously 2013 until 2019, the latter part of that um, you were the community relations coordinator after spending a number of years as an intern. What were the starting steps for you to kind of um, moving from an internship role into that community relations coordinator role and kind of have a title behind your name uh, outside of intern?
1: I, I definitely credit the organization for that. Um, I will not say that that is anything else, but them, um, they, they they quite literally made room for me. Um, so Sarah Twigger, who's still with the Gulf storm was on maternity leave and that was her, her title at the time. And, um, I think they just accepted me all of them, um, from top to bottom staff, um, that they all really wanted me on board and they saw what I brought to the table. And, um, for even someone who was on maternity leave, like Sarah, she was very, um, committed to, to trying to get me on board and it, and you know there was some reworking and structure of the roles so when sarah came back she was her role was a little bit more defined and 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 moved towards more of like a corporate side of things um which she had grown into and developed and, and really made, had a niche for um after so many years in that role as well and then the community aspect was given to me and that was thanks to I had covered Sarah's role for a full year as she was on maternity leave. So um and, and I had done a lot done a lot of work with Sarah um in my years with intern in my years as, as an intern. So again, like it always goes back to be that sponge because you never know when um those those experiences are gonna, you know, you have them all of a sudden and then someone needs your you as a resource and then the timing works out and, and you step right into a role. So Um, Definitely a little bit of timing, a little bit of just me working and and learning as much as I can. And then obviously the people around me and the organization that I was lucky to be a part of, um, giving me the opportunity to join them in in a staff capacity for sure.
0: Putting the grunt work and you get rewarded, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's the way it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know there's been times like for my full-time job where I remember there was like countless nights we were getting ready for an event and like we were at the office till like midnight and afterwards, like it seemed like, oh my God, is, is this ever really going to pay off? And then eventually something happens where it does, whether it's with that organization that happened with you, or if it doesn't happen that way, it's someone there knows someone else and your your name's going to be highly recommended, right? As long as you, you show that dedication, that work. Exactly. Now, throughout obviously working with the Guelph Storm, um, throughout all those years, you got to cover a lot of different events and you got to see a lot of different matchups, including that championship run that you mentioned, where uh, the two girls were on Matt leave and you got to be at the rink, pretty much living at the rink at that point. Um, what has been one of your favorite moments to see or cover live with the Storm?
1: Oh, so see, that's a tough one because my first year as an intern, I was. Um, thrust into a a championship season and as a new person in the sports industry world I got to see what I would think still to this day is probably one of the most um, talented junior hockey teams that has ever been ice so that would would have been the 2013-2014 team Um, and just watching what they were capable to do throughout that season and, and and the powerhouse that they were was remarkable especially as a new face on the scene Um, and then I book ended my career with the storm with another championship in a very opposite end of things I think that team was considered underdogs Um, it was very they were, were always trying to find their their momentum and it was very an up and down season and a lot of trades were made and it was a very high, low, emotional fill, emotionally charged season and the playoffs, you know, we started out with a four Oh sweep to Kitchener and then they were coming back in every series since. So I think if I were to pick out of of all that, those experience and everything in between um, it would still be game seven in London, um, 2019, coming back from being down 3-0 versus the London Knights. And they were down heading into the third period of that game too. And they won and and I didn't cover it. I I was there with a coworker and all of our, all the team's families um, and billets and friends were all jammed in two suites that the captain's parents um, had organized to make sure that they kind of had like this loud noise in the bud. I mean, anyone who's ever, been to a game or played a game at the at the bud knows that when you're a visitor it's not easy going into that rink but there were times in that game where there are two sections were just dominating um the noise level so being part of that and being part with everyone and watching that um I think will go down as probably one of my favorite sports moments of all time
0: (laughs) that's fantastic I've yet to check out the bud because uh, luckily, for, uh, I'm fortunate enough for, with my work, I'm able to travel across the province to different communities. And uh, if by chance there's an OHL game the same weekend I'm in town, I'll make sure to go and check that out. So like a couple of years ago, I was able to check out uh, the Spitfires barn and, uh, and I've seen obviously like when Belleville was around and things like that, but uh, I still have a few to knock off the bucket list. So that's definitely going to be one that I need to go check out.
1: I, I as a as someone who considered them a rival I would say it's definitely a, a, a venue that you got to watch a game in at least once
0: <laughs> and I've got a couple away jersey teams that I've won or I, I've collected over the years so just for fun I might try and bring a couple just in case <laughs> and like wear that one just to, to poke some poke some fun at the hometown crowd but we'll see
1: that's always fun.
0: <laughs> I remember uh, I got to travel off to Thunder Bay and I had to fly into Winnipeg to mm-hmm. basically it was an easier flight. Um, and the Canucks were in town playing the Jets and then i pretended to know nothing about hockey and with this like older couple that was beside me they were great and i was like who's who's the young stud on the on the jets and they're like oh there's this line a kid blah blah blah. he's great and like they're just praising line a at the time right it's like yeah I, i heard this matthews kid was pretty good from toronto like where do you guys compare him and then they're like they're tripping matthews quite a bit i was like yeah I've seen him play because I'm actually from Toronto and then they clued in and it's like before I said that and, and then after that it was just like a fun little rivalry for the rest of the night and uh and
1: that's what make what makes uh sports fun right all the little rivalries uh for between players and teams and stuff like that so that's good
0: <laughs> yeah exactly it makes it more interesting when opposed to just going and sitting there with your hands in your lap and in freezing cold rinks and just watching hockey sure (laughs) now um earlier this year you started a new career path with the greater toronto hockey league as their communications marketing coordinator keeping in the theme of hockey but going from the ohl to the gthl is there a big difference in the league and in what you find your role is um and like the work and dedication to put towards it
1: um in terms of work and dedication i don't think um, that's ever going to be different across, not even in sports. I think any career path, I mean, that's got to be the same across the board if you want something bad enough, but in terms of how you approach things, maybe a little bit, um, it's definitely different. Um, you know, as the communications representative for a league, like you have an entire league to represent, right. Um, you got to make sure, um, that there's love being felt everywhere because there's so many different elements and layers to a league versus a team. Like your loyalty is to, as a communications and media person, or, or just in any role, your loyalty is to the 22 people out on the ice or, or and then your staff members and it, it's, you know, your one team and, and the history isn't, isn't as extensive, obviously um, versus a league. And then in terms of moving from major junior to, um minor a minor hockey and minor sports there's definitely an added layer there um just making sure like your audience that you're communicating to the parents um that, that those are the your parents and players are your most important people um whereas when you're in major junior um the fans are right up there as some of your most important people to communicate to as well so different audiences um different layers to consider and juggle at the same time but Um, In terms of how you, you know, approach your job and your execution, I think you got to be have the same work ethic no matter where you are.
0: For sure. Now, throughout your time with the Storm and with the GTHL so far, um, you've had to deal with players, the media, communications, obviously. What's been the biggest challenge for you working in the sports, working behind the scenes in that role? uh, And like, how have you had to overcome some of those challenges?
1: That's a good question. Um,
0: Come on, I'm uh, not throwing the easy ones at you today. That's
1: all right. Um, I would honestly say there's challenges. There's many challenges with, with no matter what you do. But I think for me personally, the one that I think I have consistently run into is um, being an advocate for the players and the athletes, um, especially when you're working for a team um there's a lot asked of those guys on the ice um you know from just you know in Guelph we asked a lot of them um with the with the community responsibilities that we had um just cuz that was our culture and we believed in that and even in terms of moving to minor hockey like recognizing you know even through a pandemic like kids are are struggling right now um there's kids that you know hockey's their outlet um but i think a lot of times in sports um from professional right down to you know little kids um there's often the there's often people forgetting that they're people um and so i think especially as a as a team rapper a team staff member or just working in the sport advocating for those those people um less more like humans and less like athletes um I think especially with my time in Guelph, um, like media requests would come in or, you know, fans would be saying things about some of these kids or, you know, how hockey fans get or people in the media get. And I think I think I really strive to kind of be someone on their side when they needed it. I don't think a lot of people are often on their side um, when they when they kind of need it, especially as teenage kids. so, yeah, it's kind of a weird one, but I think that's something that has been a challenge that was always at the top of my priority list is, is making sure that, you know, you're an advocate for those kids um, and you're someone that, you know, they can lean on if they need it. I mean, hockey's a great sport and sports in general are great, but they ask a lot of athletes and I think fans and people within, within and around the sport world are sometimes unforgiving. Um... So I think trying to remember, you know, with any judgment that comes across and comes across your desk or your computer or your social media feeds that um, just being a voice to remind people, you know, this is a 16 year old kid or this is, you know, a human being. So I think that's a challenge that I struggle with because sometimes I take it to heart a little bit when you have these relationships um, with kids or players. Right. So, yeah, that's a long-winded challenge for you.
0: (laughs) Oh, and and you're spot on. Like, you know what? I'm going to use the Mitch Marner example uh, because it's so recent. um, Mm -hmm. And and we've seen, we saw so much hate for Marner after the Leafs got knocked out. And like the amount of like negativity and the lack of support around the kid, like, and Marner's, I think like what, 22, 23? Like, um,
1: it's, uh, early twenties, I think for sure, somewhere, maybe
0: mid-20s. Yeah, I can't remember his exact age, but he's still young enough where he shouldn't be facing the amount of criticism and harsh words that people are doing. And what kills me about sport, like I've worked with a men's hockey team, so obviously it's not the same as, as teenagers and, and they can kind of suck it up. Like the 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 uh, men's league can kind of like see something and suck it up and like be like, ah, like whatever, it's just a, a joker on the internet. what kills me every time i see somebody is like people that chirp have never played that sport in their life so they don't know how hard the challenges are how difficult like a pressured situation is anything like that and it just whenever i see that i just kind of shake my head and just kind of chuckle being like imagine if they were in that person's shoes and having to face the the challenges that were there and the pressure especially like you look at with Marner and like the Toronto media and how cruel Toronto media is as a whole and having to deal with all that. Right. And it's, it's definitely like one of the underlying things, like you said, that they're all humans, they're all teenage kids. And like people easily forget that, especially at younger, even as you go younger into like peewee and junior hockey, every parent thinks their kid's going to make the NHL and it's not going to happen. Right.
1: For sure. I mean, it's, it's something that I think um, people are realizing and there's reminders out there. Um, but yeah, it's something that's definitely been one of my, um, I think, most passionate things that I've kept on my radar throughout my career so far.
0: No, that's great. Because you need the passionate staff behind you to be able to ha- have a team success as well. It's not just the products you put on the ice. It's it's mm-hmm. a whole team environment, right? Now. With the, um, with the sports world being so small, what do you find is the best way to stay connected with others? Um, we've chatted a little bit about having that relationship with other individuals in other organizations and like one person might recommend another person and and word gets around quite easily in the sports world. What do you find personally is the best way to stay connected with like colleagues or friends that may want to try and further break into the sports world?
1: Um, I, I would say, um, genuine, um, genuine engagement. I mean, you know, um, just maintain your relationships and do it genuinely. Uh, it's a lot easier to get things out of relationships from, you know, whether you're people that you're working for or working under or working with, or, um, even, you know, like people that, for lack of a better word, might be below you, not to use that that language, but um just keep maintain those relationships because you want those relationships, not just because you want something out of it or you think having that relationship is, you know, going to get you the, the next big job. Um some of the most important and and best relationships that I have in my life are because of the the sports world and working in sports. I mean, I still talk to my colleagues that were with me at the storm um, very, very frequently, um, we're still heavily involved in each other's lives. And, and I think, um, a lot of the relationships that you build in sport are, are they advance from friends to family. And that happens very quickly, especially with how much time you do spend with each other, um, just the nature of the business. So, you know, If you're someone who's looking to make those connections, reach out to people, ask them to have a coffee. You know, if it's COVID, (laughs) ask them to jump on Zoom and have a coffee virtually um, and just get to know the person. And then they'll in turn, you know, get to know you. And I think no matter what stage you're at in your life, um, you can learn something from anyone. Um, So whether, you know, you're a director of a league or, you know, you're an intern breaking into the scene or you're still a student in school, Um, you can teach the director and the director can teach you. So I think as long as you're going into those relationships and maintaining them with that intention that, you know, this is a genuine relationship that I want to maintain, just for the sake, because I respect and enjoy this person, you're going to get a lot more out of it um, than, for lack of phrasing, than going at it with a hidden agenda. So that's my take on that anyway.
0: (laughs) No, and that's some great advice. And it's great because I like to end off every segment with or every show with some words of wisdom. So those are some great words of wisdom for the next generation of uh, sport advocates and people that want to break into the industry. So Steph, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today uh, and share your insight and really appreciate it. And all the best with the GTHL.
1: Thanks so much.